Greetings, friends, and welcome back to Catechesis. In this 18th episode, we will be considering question 22 of the Baptist Catechism. And I should say that this is the last of what I have been calling the bad news section of our Catechism. Question 22 asks, what is the misery of that estate whereunto man fell? And the answer is very bleak. All mankind, by their fall, lost communion with God, are under his wrath and curse, and so made liable to all the miseries of this life, to death itself, and to the pains of hell forever. I don't think anyone likes talking about these things, but I hope you would agree that it is important we do. This, according to the Scriptures, is the reality of things, and this, according to the Scriptures, is the terrible condition of all who are born into this world. And we speak of these things not to lead men and women to utter despair, but to urge them to turn to Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. As you can see, I could hardly wait to get on to the good news questions. And would you allow me just for a moment to look ahead a little bit before we look more closely at question 22? Question 23 of our Catechism will ask, Did God leave all mankind to perish in the estate of sin and misery? And the answer presents good news, saying, God, out of his mere good pleasure, from all eternity, elected some to everlasting life, did enter into a covenant of grace to deliver them out of the estate of sin and misery and to bring them into an estate of salvation by a Redeemer. Question 24 will then identify Jesus Christ as that Redeemer. Questions 25 through 31 will tell us about Christ, who he is and what he has accomplished. And then questions 32 through 34 tell us how men and women come to benefit from Christ and his finished work. Uh, Question 32 is, how are we made partakers of the redemption purchased by Christ? The answer is that we are made partakers of the redemption purchased by Christ by the effectual application of it to us by his Holy Spirit. Question 33, how does the Spirit apply to us the redemption purchased by Christ? The answer, the Spirit applies to us the redemption purchased by Christ by working faith in us and thereby uniting us to Christ in our effectual calling. So we come to benefit from all that Christ has done for us through faith, is what question 33 says. And then question 34 asks, what is effectual calling? And the answer, effectual calling is the work of God's Spirit, whereby convincing us of our sin and misery, enlightening our minds in the knowledge of Christ, and renewing our wills, he does persuade and enable us to embrace Jesus Christ freely offered to us in the gospel. And of course, this is what I hope would happen to you, uh, that you, upon hearing this teaching, would be convinced that the Spirit of God would, in fact, enlighten your mind uh, to see your need for Christ, that he would renew your will and persuade you, enable you to run to Christ, to embrace him as he is freely offered to us in the gospel. Uh, We are to embrace him by faith. So, beginning with question 23, we find good news. And I could hardly wait to tell you all about it. But before I do, let us consider question 22, which brings the bad news section to a conclusion. Again, question 22, what is the misery of that estate whereunto man fell? And the answer, all mankind, by their fall, lost communion with God, are under his wrath and curse, and so made liable to all the miseries of this life, to death itself, 
and to the pains of hell forever. And so let us briefly consider each phrase along with a few scripture verses to support them. First, we are told that all mankind by their fall lost communion with God. Man was created to enjoy communion with God. Indeed, this is the greatest of all joys. To know God and to be known by him, to be in a right relationship with him, is a most blessed thing. But this is what man lost when he sinned. He lost communion with God. The Genesis narrative makes this very clear. In Genesis 3.8, which is right after the account of man's fall into sin, Adam and Eve, we are told, heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And this is a very sad scene. Adam and Eve once enjoyed sweet communion with God, but now, because of their sin and guilt, they ran away in fear and shame from their Maker. Genesis 3.24 also supports this principle that man lost communion with God by his fall. There we read that God, after pronouncing curses upon the man, the woman, and the serpent, drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. And if we understand that the Garden of Eden was a temple wherein Adam and Eve worshipped and served God and enjoyed sweet communion with him, then we better understand the precious thing that they lost when they were driven from the garden. It is not just that they were moved from a nice neighborhood to the slums. It is not just that they lost paradise. Uh, No, instead, they were put out of God's creation temple and were banished from his blessed presence. Secondly, we are told that all of mankind are under God's wrath and curse. Uh, The scriptures clearly teach this in many places, and one of the clearest passages is Ephesians 2. And in verse 3 of that text, we read these words, "...among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind." I recently preached a sermon on this passage, and so I will keep this teaching brief. Uh, The sermon can be found on our website if you would like to access it. But here, Paul is saying that all of mankind is born into this world as children of wrath. It is not uncommon for people to claim that we are all children of God, and that God is the Father of all. And that is true, but only in a sense— We are to be clear, the scriptures teach that God is Father of all and that he is creator of all, but we must also take our sin into account. Because of sin, we are by nature children of wrath, the scriptures say, sinful and rebellious children who deserve God's judgment. And if we wish to be beloved children of God, then we must turn from our sins and place our faith in Christ. This, again, is the clear teaching of Scripture. For in Christ, through faith in him, we are adopted as beloved sons of God. We are not that by nature any longer because of our sin. But in Christ, again, and through faith in him, we are adopted as beloved sons of God. Paul teaches this in Ephesians 1 and also in other places. And our catechism will teach this in that good news section, which I previewed just a moment ago. Uh, See, for example, question and answer 37. Thirdly, 
Our catechism says that all mankind are made liable to all the miseries of this life, to death itself, and to the pains of hell forever. These are very blunt words, but I am thankful for the bluntness. I wonder, have you ever noticed that it is those who truly love you who will bother to tell you the truth when the truth is hard to swallow? Well, I do love you. I care for your soul. And this church loves you enough to say the hard things. Because of sin, all mankind is made liable to all the miseries of this life, to death itself, and to the pains of hell forever. This is the truth of the matter. This is what the scriptures teach. For example, Galatians 3.10 says, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. In other words, if you are trusting in your own goodness or in your own righteousness, you will not stand. God's moral law reveals what is good, and you have violated God's law. And if you are unsure of this, then ask yourself, have I ever lied? Have I ever disrespected my parents? Have I ever hated someone in my heart? Have I ever lusted after someone or something, that is to say, coveted something in my heart? Have I loved God above all else constantly? Have I always loved my neighbor as myself? And you should be able to clearly see that you have daily, even momentarily, violated God's law in thought, word, and deed. And with that said, let us again quote Galatians 3.10, which says, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them, Paul's point is to say that no one keeps God's law perfectly. We have violated God's law in thought, in word, and in deed. Furthermore, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You'll notice the good news at the end of that verse, but don't miss the bad news at the beginning. For the wages of sin is death. And Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And concerning those who are in their sins, Jesus himself said, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. These are difficult words, friends, but they are true. This is what the scriptures clearly teach. And I do pray that you would believe the bad news, but especially the good. And may God be gracious to you to draw you to Christ so that you might believe upon him for the forgiveness of your sins. And if you are in Christ, may you be moved to cling to him ever more closely, for he is good and merciful and kind. Until next time, abide in Christ. <music>